0: Uh, If we turn in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43, um, in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 43. That was a really, um, really felt the Lord speaking and a couple of people felt the Lord speaking during that song, uh, you know, about the Lord really uh, moving in our lives. And when we reach out to the Lord, when we go through a difficult situation, how many know sometimes that's all you can do? How many have been in the situation where that's all you can do but just cry out to the Lord? You can just, there's no other person to turn to. There's no other way to go. There's no other decision that you have. There's no other choice that you have. How many ever have done that? Come on, you've been in those situations in your life and you just cried out to the Lord. And so I'm thankful for that the Lord is there, isn't he? He's there. And when we go through difficult times, the Bible promises he'll be with us. Amen, through that. Anyway, I just wanted to share... Something that uh, uh, kind of uh, fits in with today, hopefully, and and uh, the season we're in. Uh, in Isaiah 50, 43, in verses 18 and 19, he's talking about all that God did in, for their forefathers as a prophecy. But he's talking about what God did for their forefathers in the wilderness when they came out of Egypt and those 40 years in the wilderness, and all the miracles that God did to bring them out of Egypt. And he says this, he says, but forget about all those things. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Or don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. And he says in the King James, don't you know it or don't you perceive it? Can't you see it? In in Ephesians chapter 1, in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 16, 17, but 17, I'm going to start. This is a prayer that Paul was praying for the church of the Christians there at Ephesus, the church there at that in that city. And he said this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He said, I've never stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you wisdom to see clearly and really understand who Christ is and all that He has done for you. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future He has called you to share. I want you to realize that God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been given to Him. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great His power is to help those who believe in Him. It is that same mighty power as He goes on and prays for them that God's going to lead them into this great understanding of who He is. And He says this in, in, in verse... I believe it's in, in verse 18. He says, I'm praying that your eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know. That the eyes, he's praying for their eyesight, that they can see, that they will know. And, you know, as I began to think about today, I, I thought how uh, really cliche it is to say 2020 vision. How many have ever said that? I'm 2020 vision. And I thought about that, heard some people, and, of course, uh, and me being a minister, bend my ear to uh, what other pastors are saying and doing and other church folks and people and Christians. And I, I've heard some things about uh, that this year, 2020, is a year of 2020 vision, 2020 vision. And that's kind of uh, simple, isn't it? You know, I'm kind of just right there. It's just kind of almost Koshaic. And I've heard uh, some people say, uh, you know, good and plenty in 2020. You know, or one guy said that 20 plus 20 is 40, which generally means, you know, a time of testing and proving. I don't know what uh, a lot of people are saying today about declaring what 2020 is. I tried to avoid it, but I can't avoid, and it may sound cliche, but it is 2020 vision. And I believe it's so simple that uh, sometimes we kind of just run right over that, and I I don't want to sound like everybody else, and I'm not into uh, preaching fads, but I, I do believe that it's kind of obvious where we're at and what, what could be said at this time. And so I want to talk to you about Vision 2020. I kind of reversed it, see what I did there. And um, you know, so in Ephesians and, and, and Isaiah, he said that I'm going to bring you by a way that you didn't know. Can't you see it? God's already doing it. You need to see it. And then Ephesians, he's praying and he says that you will see something, that your eyes will be opened, that there's something happening. It's not just your physical eyes, your spiritual eyes. Just like Isaiah was prophesying. It was something spiritual, amen, that he was telling them that God was doing. I'm doing something new. I'm doing something fresh. How many like fresh things? I like fresh things. How many like a fresh start? Right, you like that new year, you like that fresh start, and a lot of us we're, we we kind of just you know give our our prophetic utterance for the year or whatever, our you know our wishes or what we want to do. We um, you know kind of well, I'm going to do this this year, I'm going to do this this year. But I believe that uh, as we really look at in, in, in the Word of God and through the eyes of the Lord as Christians, that we really need to say, Lord, we want 2020 vision, but more than that, we want perfect vision, perfect vision. Now. When we talk about 2020 vision, we always talk about that term that's used to express, it's the normal or it's the average uh, visual accuracy of, uh, you know, that test they take, you go into the doctor's office, they give you, and it's measured at 20 feet, you ever notice that, it's usually measured at 20 feet, and so that simply means that at 20 feet, you you see what the average, uh, you know, or the normal person sees at 20 feet, and so, uh, you know, and that's how they measure that, and I think that's, you know, kind of obvious, 20-20 vision, but you know, for a long time, I even thought myself that 2020 vision was perfect vision. But how many know it's not perfect vision? It's basically, the only thing it means is, it's what you can focus on at 20 feet. That's what it means. It's not perfect vision. They use other elements and other formulas and other things to determine perfect vision. Did you know that? Because somebody can focus on something at 20 feet and not see something 5 feet in front of them. So it's not perfect vision. A lot of times we say, 2020 is perfect vision. Well, it's not perfect vision. All 2020 vision is, is what the normal average person can see at 20 feet. What you and the average person can see at 20 feet. You can focus in on something right in front of you at 20 feet. But how many know, I believe that, you know, I begin to question that maybe that's not good enough for us as believers. Is it good enough for us just to do what everybody else is doing? Is it good enough for us just to see what the average person sees, what the normal person sees in the situation like that? Is that good enough for God's people? Is it correct for us to say this year that we're just going to see what everybody else sees and and we're going to do what everybody else does does, and we're just going to do those things and we're just going to, uh, you know, kind of do the average thing that the average normal Christian does I don't know about you but I think God's calling us to something better I think God's calling us to perfect vision clear vision and that's why they measure perfect vision there's a few formulas they have and a few other elements that are thrown in there to measure perfect vision and what it is is it's clear and sharp vision according to certain measurements how clear is your vision how sharp is your vision that's what they measure uh, how focused is your vision amen I don't know about you, but as you get older, you kind of realize your vision changes in it at times and, it, and can be a little different than it used to be. But as the church, I believe that it's more than just having what everybody else can see. We've got to see in our culture and our day something different that God sees. Aren't you glad that God saw something different when he looked at you? That when you looked in the mirror and you saw yourself, God saw something different. Come on, somebody. Amen. When, when, when other people saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. Come on, somebody. Amen. God sees something different. And we need to see what God sees. So perfect vision, in my opinion, what I've been able to study about and through the word, perfect vision is seeing God. Perfect vision, in fact, sight is always synonymous with knowing God. Once I was blind, but now I see. Right? Come on, somebody. It's it's synonymous with knowing God. So sight is always uh, uh, connected to knowing God, seeking after God, knowing God. Perfect vision or clear vision is seeing God, and I believe it's seeing what God sees. I believe that's what clear vision is. Let me just give you three principles about it. I think that when it comes to, to having the, the right vision and, and seeing what God sees and seeing what, what, um, what, what you don't see but God sees, and that is, number one, I believe if you're not looking for God, you'll miss Him. It's very important to understand that if you're not looking for Him, you will miss Him. People did not expect a baby born as a, coming as a servant, as a child, born in poverty to be king of the universe. Come on, they just didn't expect it. They weren't looking for that. They were looking for a king. They were looking for a political leader. They weren't looking for a suffering servant. Come on, somebody. They were looking for someone who was popular and someone who had power and authority over the Roman Empire. But how many know if you're not looking for God, you won't see him? You just won't see him. And, and I believe also that we could say this, that we could say that if you're not looking for the needs around you, it's more likely you're not going to see them. If you're not paying attention to the needs around you, you're not going to see them. If you're not looking for the Lord and, and, and you know, what God's doing, and you're not going to see God at work in your life. If you're not looking for God at work, you're not going to see God at work. Anybody? All right, 2020 is going to be good, I promise you. So we won't see, and so I believe, and just the Bible teaches us, if we're not seeking, you will not find. Seek. Or look, find, look for it and you're going to discover it. You're going to find it. And if you don't look for him, you won't find him. That's why people who give their lives over to studying the Bible, to, to uh, teaching the Bible, and yet some of them don't even know God. They don't even know the God of the Bible. Because they're not looking for the God of the Bible. They're looking for something else. And so I believe that it's all about seeking the Lord and, and it's coming back to seeing God. See, because God does things for us, everything God does for us, miracles or blessings or whatever it is, um, saves us, you know, whatever. We could say God does things for us so that we will see him. How many you know what I'm talking about? So that we will see him. The Bible says that the children of Israel saw God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. So it's, it's getting to the place where God does things for you that you will look to him. That you will see him. That you will glorify him. Anybody listening? Right? So he does things for us that we will see him. That we will look to him. And I believe, as the scriptures say, if you look for good, you'll find God's blessing. If you look for evil, you'll find God's curse. It's what you look for. But if you, if you don't look for it, you won't see it. If you don't look for truth, you won't find truth. Amen. It's just the way it is. And so I believe that God wants us to look and see His glory and see His power and His goodness through the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Himself said when He was here on the earth, He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. It's about seeing the Lord. And I believe that God may give us light for our way, but we've got to open our eyes and see it. God can provide an answer, but you've got to see it. God's going to open a door, but you've got to see it to go through it. God can make a way out, but you've got to see it. How many know God made a way for Peter to get across that, that, uh, that lake, as we talked about today or sang about today, but he had to get out of the boat to get there. And so God will do that. we just got to see what God's doing. And so, uh, you know, something I've noticed is that secular culture is caught up with the illumination of the mind. And if you can just come to the place where you're illuminated and, and enough in your mind that you can heal your body, you can have peace, you can have all knowledge. But how many know God is not into the illumination of your mind? He's into the illumination of your heart. Because the illumination of your mind points inward to you, the illumination of your heart usually points to God and other people. And God wants to illuminate your heart and not your mind because he wants us to see him. This is what Paul was praying about. It needs to light up uh, my brain so that I can see God in every situation, so that I can see needs around me, so that I can meet those needs. Because if you're not looking, you won't find it. That's just the bottom line. Amen. And whatever you do look for, you will see. Because whatever you see, you will worship, and whatever you worship, you become. Amen, I believe that. Clear vision also happens, uh, and perfect vision happens, when we, uh, we, we get to the place where we're at, where God is, and not where He used to be. How many you know what I'm talking about? When we live by vision, we live by faith. When we live by memory, we live by logic. I believe God wants us to live by vision. I believe God doesn't want us to live by memory. Well, you know what God did a while ago. That's what Isaiah was saying. Don't live by memory, live by vision. Because when you live by memory, you tend to live by logic. Come on, what you see, what you feel, what you sense. But when you live by vision, you live by faith. What God said, what God promised. How many know God brings to things uh, into being that aren't? Come on, you can't see, but God sees it. You, you don't know it yet, but God knows it, right? God speaks as though those things are already were, already happened. That's vision. Amen. And that's what we need to get a hold of. That's what we need to see clearly in our lives is a clear vision, a perfect vision. And not just what... Everybody else sees. And I think the second principle is, is that we need help to see. Here Paul's praying and he's saying, amen, that your eyes will be open. How many know we need help to see? Jesus said he was here and he was anointed to open the eyes of the blind. That's not just physical, that was spiritual. Paul, when God called uh, Saul of Tarsus at the time, knocked him off his horse and gave him a call, he said, I've called you to preach the gospel to open the eyes or the hearts of the Gentiles, come on, to open their eyes. Amen. And so he, he saw it. Amen. And thirdly, God wants to reveal himself. You have to understand that about the Lord. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to show himself strong to your neighbors, to your family. He wants to show his grace, his love. He wants them to know him just like you know him. God wants to reveal himself. God wants to reveal his power, his miraculous power, his healing power. He wants to reveal his grace, his salvation. He, the Bible says that he is uh, a, a compassionate, he is gracious, compassionate, ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He just needs somebody to say, Lord, I repent. He's ready to forgive. Lord, I want you. He's ready to get there, to come there. Come on. And I, I, know, I know the Lord enough to say this, that God does like one game. He likes hide and seek. He goes and hides, and you've got to go find him. Come on, somebody. Sometimes he hides himself in a storm, and you've got to find yourself, you're, you know, find God in the bottom of a ship sleeping. He hides himself, and you've got to go seek him. Amen. God loves it when you're looking after Him. Why? Because He wants to show Himself to you. He wants to reveal that He's your Father. He's your provider. He's your healer. He's your Savior. He's your Redeemer. He wants to show the world. He wants to reveal William Spore. Amen. His goodness, His grace, His blood. Come on. He's, He's waiting to do that. He wants to. And that's what's so powerful about seeing the Lord because He wants to show Himself. I love that. He loves to show up and show off as some old preacher said. Here's what God's vision looks like. It looks like this. It looks like focus, perspective, and direction. That's what God's vision looks like. It's focused prayer and focused compassion, focused living, things like that. It's, it's you know, I mean, it's just when you have focus and, and you have perspective and you begin to walk with the Lord, guess what? You have direction. There's something about seeking the Lord that He gives you direction. How many know that when you have clear vision, you have a clear path? Now, I didn't say easy path. I said clear path. How many know there's some paths I can't see I don't like to go down? I'd rather go down a path in a mountain I can see than a path in the jungle I can't. Come on. It's a clear path. It's not an easy path, but it's a clear path. Is that right? And God's gracious enough to say, I'm going to walk with you through this path. I love that. Amen. And focus prayer and focus compassion. Focus living. And when your eyes are open, there's something amazing that happens when your eyes are open. You can stay awake. You can stay aware and you can stay focused. There's just something about that. It's walking in the way, the truth and the life that God has for us. And the clear that sharp uh, vision that we're talking about, again, it really, and over and over you'll see this, it lights our path. It just makes the way for us to go and walk with the Lord in life. And I love that about... So it looks like that. It looks like focus, perspective, and direction. I believe that when you get a focus of God's Word, there's a perspective of your life and there's a direction that God wants you to go in. How many know, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do? I say, when you know who you are, when it comes into focus, who God's called you to be, who you are in Christ, you'll know what to do. Stop asking God what you should do. Start looking at Jesus and see who you are in Christ. Amen. There's four elements of perfect vision, as I talked about before, how they measure it. So along with the tests that you get in the doctor's office about, oh, can you see the little, you know, can you read the Z, H, Z, you know, all that stuff. Along with that, they also measure perfect vision by night vision. Did you know that? Peripheral vision, eye coordination, and depth perception. And so what does this mean to us spiritually or to Christians? I believe that as a Christian, you need night vision. You need to be able to see... Amen. In the valley of the shadow of death. You, you've got to see in trouble. You've got to have vision in trouble. You've got to have vision in darkness. Come on. When everything else is around you, and everybody's saying no. The doctors are shaking their heads. The, I mean, the bil- I mean, come on, you need to have vision. You need to see something that God sees. Lord, you said that you're going to be with me. You, you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your Ron and your Sap, they comfort me. Come on, you are with me, right? Amen. Night vision. You've got to see God in trouble. You've got to have good night vision. Peripheral vision, you've got to see the bigger picture you've got to see that God is working things out for your good. God is working things all together. What the devil's meant for evil, God has turned it around for good. Come on. That's a bigger picture. The bigger picture is you may be going through something now, amen, but whatever you're going through right now, that's not your final destination. You're just passing through. You're just going, walking through that. That's not your destiny. Amen. God's purpose and design is victory, healing, come on, and all those things. So, whatever you're going through right now, that's just part of getting you to God wants you to go. Right? You've got to have pervi- peripheral vision. You've got to see the bigger picture. And you've got to see those around you. Don't get locked into a place where all you see is yourself and your problems and and your needs. Look around you. Get your vision on on what other people and your neighbors and your family say, God, I- I'm looking at the outward, but you said don't judge by the out. What's going on inside? What 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 how can I meet their need? Is anybody in the room? How can I meet their need? Amen. So, your peripheral vision, amen. Your eye coordination, this really is basically making the connection. How many know you need all four of these things to be a good driver? But uh, eye coordination, it's just that connection that you make. In sports, it's all about the hand-eye coordination. I mean, you know, some guys got such talent and such ability in this area and other guys have to work at it real hard. Making that connection, life application, that's what that is. And then finally, the depth perception is being able to navigate and being able to see the direction God has for you, being able to see God's plan for your life and for your family. But there's three things I want to just talk about and leave you with today is that three things that affect your sight, three things that affect your sight as a Christian. And I I, I know this sounds a little different, but just hear me today. This is three things I felt like the Lord is saying that really affect your vision and, and your sight as a Christian. Number one, what you hear. And it's not so much what what it's what you're listening to, what it's affecting you through what you hear. The word of God brings clarity to what you see and what you hear. Come on somebody. Amen. How many know the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God? How I many know it's important to hear the word of God? Now, whether you read it in your room privately or in church or on the wherever you are, amen. It's hearing the word of God. It's listening to what God's saying through his word. See, because it's it's this is what gives us our sight. This is what gives us our vision as Christians. It's not going to prophetic conference and it's not all these things that we drum up. It's not with catch catchphrases and, and cool logos that we come up with. It's what God is saying through his word. Amen. It's what God is saying through His Word. And, it's, and because His Word is His mind, His Word is His thoughts turned inside out. It's His heart revealed. That's what the Word of God is. And when you hear the mind of God, when you hear the heart of God, you'll know who God is. You'll know what God wants. You'll know, come on, exactly what to do. And so it's what you hear that affects your sight. If you're not, if you're not in the Word, I, I like what one guy said. He said, don't say that God isn't speaking if your Bible is closed. God speaks to people that have their book open. That's just the way it is. I mean, people that have a real, true, prophetic gift, I've noticed that people, they're men and women of the Word. Amen? Because it's what you hear, but it really has a lot to do with what what you see. And so I believe this. The Word of God shapes you, who you are, where you're going. It's what you see. And so it's very important, as David said, your Word is that lamp and that light, what? Where I'm going, in the direction I'm going. So I've got to... I've got to hear the word in order to see where I'm going. So it gives you good sight. It gives you clear vision. And it's not just what you're listening to. It's who you're listening to. Because how many know every time you read the word, you're talking to the Lord? Amen. God's expressing his heart. Amen. Jesus is the word. And every time you're in the word, you're spending time with Jesus. Amen. So it's not just what you're listening to. It's who you're listening to. Amen. And so that's important, isn't it, to get into the word of God? We'll talk more about that this year. And so I believe as disciples we grow by what we're taught in the word. That's how you grow. You just, by, by what you hear in the word. And, and I wanted to say this and throw this out. This is a very important basic principle in life. If you can't listen, then you won't see. And if you can't see, then you won't know. How many know some people they just can't listen? I, I, come on, or they won't listen. Whatever, the, whatever their condition is, they just can't listen. They won't listen. And people that won't listen, they won't learn. They won't see it and they won't know it. Come on. And so that's important that we have to listen. So it's what you hear. This is what shapes and, and really affects your sight. What else affects your sight as a Christian? I believe it's what you value. It's what's important to you. It's where your passion, what you're passionate about, where your passions are, where your desires are, where your heart is. The Bible says that's where your treasure is going to be. Whatever, whatever. that's what you're going to see in life. What you value in life is what you see in life. Some people value their family. That's good. Their marriage. And guess what? When you value that, amen, there's something that you begin to see differently. You see your spouse in a different light when you value your marriage. Any spiritual people out there? Come on, when you, when you, when you value your marriage, and, when you, and it's important to you when it's, come on, and then whatever you value, it's significant. So whatever you place value on, you place significance on. You, then, you, then you spend time with it, and it's a priority, and it's part of your everyday life. Is that right? I said Right? Is that right? So it's what you value. It's what's important to you. It's what you're passionate about. Well, I love God. I just don't have time to read his word. I believe that if you really love something, you'll make all kinds of time for it. I mean, you'll change your life, you'll change your walk. Even if you're sick, you'll get out of bed to do it. Amen. And all the hunters said, Amen. So, I'm a hunter, so I can say that. And so, it, it's, it's, we've got to have a desire and a passion to seek after God. David said, this is my, he said, my soul, my flesh, literally, everything, physically, long for you. I seek after you with everything within me, everything. All, all my, everything about me, body, soul, and spirit are involved in the pursuit of God. Everything is about seeking and God because he's valuable to me. And so the Bible says if your eye is single, then your whole body will be full of light. How many know that's clarity, isn't it? Speaks of clarity, clear vision. And when you value, whatever you value becomes significant. And, number, and the third thing I just want to spend just a few, few moments on, and that is the third thing is what... Affects our sight is what you go through, so it's not just it's not just what you value, it's not just what you hear, but it's what you go through. And what I like to say, what season you are in right now, you know, life is all about seasons and stages and chapters, isn't it? How many? Thank God that one chapter closed that needed to close, but you always look and say another chapter is open. And sometimes we've said that with a heavy heart, didn't we? We said that that chapter has ended. In my life, I filed that away, that's over, that's done with, that was a, but now there's something new. Now there's something different. Now there's something else. And so life has seasons. Life is measured by moments. Life is measured by moments. And I don't know if you know that or not, but it's what you do in those moments, it's what you do with those moments that you have determine your character and your destination. So life is measured by moments. How many believe that? Amen. Life is about seasons, isn't it? It really is. A lot of people say, oh, I hate winter. And uh, so much so that, you know, you, you go down and you move to Florida or wherever, California, Arizona. New Mexico is popular right now. And, um, you know, but, but you know something, there. how many know in each season there's something beautiful? There's something good about winter, isn't there? Nobody raised their hand. This is, we're in Pennsylvania, you live here. Amen. It's, there's something good about it. Let me just say that. Uh, I really struggle in February and everybody knows that. February is a hard month for me. I always look towards March 1st, and um, and Brother Bill will tell you that. Brother Bill, when spring? Brother Bill, when spring? I always ask him. He has that little thing on his phone. But we we measure lives by seasons. Life is measured by seasons. And so I just wanted to say this, that many people, many people, uh, including myself at times, have missed what God is doing because they can't see what God is doing in their life. They just can't see it. So they miss what God is doing because they can't see uh, God in in what they're going through. They just can't see it. And, And I'm not talking about blaming God. You know, some people only talk about God when they go through hard times. And it's usually not good, is it? But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you just can't see the Lord in this thing. You just can't see it. And let's not miss that season that we're in. And I believe that as seasons we're in, you know, it's a marriage. How many know in marriage you go through seasons with your kids? You go through seasons in life. You go through seasons. And it's so important as a Christian that you recognize what season you're in. And it's so important that you realize that in every season there's opportunity for growth. I said there's opportunity for growth. And you know something else about every season? In every season you go through, it's not about just kind of hanging in there. It's about really keeping the flow of life that's what it's about so it doesn't matter what season you're in where whatever you're in sometimes it's a new season i love new seasons we all love new seasons right we love new seasons and sometimes we're coming out of one we're going into another one that's really cool that's great but you know sometimes seasons are marked by starting fresh they're just marked by uh, rebooting. How many have ever said that in your life? You said, "I'm just kind of rebooting right now," I, or you've said, "I'm rebuilding." Uh, uh, there's a time of repairing in my life and rebuilding, and God's doing some things. Maybe uh, you know, maybe there was some trouble in your marriage, but God did a work, and now there's a time of rebuilding and repairing some things, and you're coming back to the Lord after a life of running away from God, and just you find yourself rebooting and just having to say, "Okay, God, Amen." Defrag all that stuff and download something fresh, right? Amen. And find yourself growing and enjoying in life. But in each season, God, I love this, God gives us the power to do three things. God gives us the power to stop something. Did you know that? There's power to stop something. And then God gives us the power to start something. How many know sometimes you've got to go through a season where you've got to quit that bad habit? And you're in that season of just discipline, of trying to, you know, self-control and discipline. Come on, you've got to stop that thing. But there's other times that you've got to start something. How many know sometimes it's harder to start something new than stop something old? Anybody? Right? You start something. And then there's other times in life where God speaks to you and he gives you the power and ability to keep going. You just got to keep going. Just keep living. Just keep going. Just keep step by step. Just, you know, sometimes it's not that, you know, that summer breeze. Sometimes it's in the winter. You just keep, take day by day. You just keep going. You keep stepping. You keep, you know, you keep going. That's what it's about. And I believe in, in each season of life, I, I like to take this evaluation. Sometimes you need to ask yourself, did God lead me here or did I make a wrong turn? Amen? Right, that's right, you know. Did God lead me here? Because God will lead you in seasons, won't He? God loves season. He created it for our pleasure. But He also pl- created it for a life lesson that there's seasons in life. And that no matter what, amen, the most important thing in every season is keep growing. Keep growing in the Lord. Keep your your roots going down in Him and trusting in Him. Amen. And so I believe this, that uh, sometimes there's a a season you go to learn a lesson. God takes you through a season that you could learn a lesson. Well, God loves me enough, He wouldn't put me through anything that would hurt me. Crucified His own son. What do you think He's going to do to you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Come on. But God loves us. The Bible says whom He loves, He corrects. Come on, he brings us into things, doesn't he? Because he loves us, he loves us. To learn a lesson. God brings you through some things, a season to learn a lesson. He also, there's some times where the season is longer than you think it should, but God's time says it's just enough time. How many have ever been through a time where you said this season's lasted like 20 years? You ever felt that way? But you know what? That's God's season's. Some seasons only last a little bit. You're just kind of like, wow, wow, summer's here already. And there's other times, when will it get here? You ever been there? Come on, when am I going to get this victory? When am I going to get this healing? When is this going to happen? And you've gone through that season, and you've been, as like, Lord, this is taking forever, but you know what? He's the God of the seasons. He's the God of the seasons. I mean, He's just going to do what He's going to do. And when that season changes, Amen, guess what? It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to find out in spring that something was going along, all along in the root system all along. And whatever was going on in the winter came out in the spring, and it somehow grew a little bit more than it was last year. Amen, Isn't that great about God's growth? Amen, But se- seasons take longer, and, and sometimes you're going through a season, you're waiting for somebody else to change. you ever been those seasons? You're just waiting for somebody else to change. Let's not get into that. We'll talk about marriage some other time. Anyways, I'm just kidding. But no matter what season you're in, again, this is the focus. Again, focus, perspective, and direction. The focus is growing. The focus is learning. And the focus is maintaining life. This is what happens in the winter. Did you know that? Did you know that in the winter time, that in the winter seasons, it's about maintaining life? Now, a lot of people are maintenance minded. They're in maintenance mode. In their marriage, they're constantly trying to fix something that's broken. Constantly trying to put a band-aid on something. And patching this up and patching that up in their life and everything. That's not what I'm talking about. Maintenance is not patching something up. Maintenance is keeping the life flow. You're just maintaining the life of God. Come on, you're maintaining the life of God in your marriage and your children. You're just maintaining the life flow in your home. That's what it's about. And so it's not always patching up. It's broken. And I know people are always going to seem to be maintenance-minded about their life. And, well, my devotional life, I'm just trying, to, just trying to read the Bible once a week. I'm just trying to, you know, pray once in a while or whatever. Listen, don't, don't try to patch it up. Don't put a Band-Aid on it. Just maintain flow. Just let the river flow in your life. Come on. And just keep the flow of life moving in your life. That's what it's about. Amen. And so it's not trying to find new life. It's trying to just keeping new life. That's what it's about. Some people are trying to find new life in their marriage all the time. But you know what? There's life there because God put you guys together. And there's a union there that God blesses. Come on. When you determine to love one another the way God tells you to, amen, there's life there. So maintain that. And you know something about the winter? I, I, I thought about this about the winter season and some of the seasons we go through. Sometimes it's just to, to, to be able to thrive in the mundane. Come on. You need to thrive in the mundane. In those cold mornings, you just need to thrive. Did you know a tree is thriving? Did you know that in the wintertime? Oh, no, it's dead. It's, no, no, no. You, you dig up the roots, there's life there. It's thriving there under the ground. You just can't see it. I like what T.F. Tenney said. He said an oak tree is a little nut that refused to give up its ground. Come on. I mean, you just need to stick in there. Stick it out. And just, amen, hang in there. Amen. Something's gonna, God's going to do it. God's going to do it work. Things are going to change. The season be over and a new season will begin. Amen. And so God never... I love this about the Lord. When it goes, comes about coming to new seasons, God never compares me to others. He only compares me to the potential I have in Him. That's the only thing. Come on. And so guess what He says. He doesn't say, hey, you need to hurry up and get more spiritual because everybody else is over here and you're way back here. You know what He says? I've called you. I've blessed you. You're my child. Amen. I, I want you to move in more grace today. I want you to move in more compassion today because that's who I called you to, to be. Come on. That's what I want you to do. Amen. And so it's important that we understand what we go through. Amen. It's all part of having a clear vision. Amen. And lastly, I just want to share that, again, it's not about being average, not having the average vision, but it's perfect, clear vision. And I don't know about you, but this year, I just want to say, the Lord, I want to see you in a new way because that's what it's about. It's about seeing who God is in every situation so that the world can see God through us. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Let's just declare some things before we leave here. And I believe that my prayer is, is not just this year, but that this decade is where the church sees what God is doing and that the world sees what God has done. Amen. That this, this, not just this year, but this decade and that we see what God is doing. And I believe it's so important as a church, as a body, as a body of Christ, that we, each and every one of us, make up our mind, Lord, I want to have... Not just, not just that 2020 vision What everybody else has. I want to see perfect vision. I want to see what you see. I want to see the way you see it. I want to see you in the situation that I'm going through. I want to see you in the even in the night, Lord. I, I want that, that vision of having, uh, you know, Lord, that night vision, that pervi- peripheral vision, that, Lord, just that looking at people around me and seeing the needs around me this year. Uh, may we be a church uh, this year, 2020, that we have more focused prayer. We have more focused compassion. And we have more focused lifestyle. That we just live a more focused way for God. Amen? This year, this is our prayer. That really it's about being a disciple and making disciples. That seeing beyond the normal, beyond the ordinary, and living in the extraordinary. I believe that God's called us to be ordinary radical people. Amen? Ordinary radical faith that God's called us to have. And so I don't, I don't really challenge you today to do anything different, but just to seek the Lord, just to run after him in 2020. Whatever God spoke to you in your heart, God bless you, run with that, go with it. But I believe as our church, we just want to continue to have a focused vision for the Lord, a focused vision for souls, a focused vision for one another. God, whatever you have for us, whatever you want us to do, listen, everybody, listen, when we opened up 21 days of prayer and fasting last year, we said it's faith and direction. Lord, we believe that wherever you speak. We're going to do it. We're going to go in that door. And guess what? Two months later, we bought a building. So whatever we begin to agree on these next 21 days and pray for our families, our city, whatever it is, we need to believe God that he hears us. And God's going to answer some prayer. God's going to do some miracles. And God's going to pour His spirit out on people, amen, that we feel maybe don't deserve it, but God loves them. And God's there. Come on. And God has a vision for them. Amen? So let's expand our vision, as the Bible says. And as Jesus told the disciples, lift up your vision. Look and see that the fields are ripe to harvest. Amen? Change your perspective about your neighborhood, your city. Change your perspective about our nation and see what God sees today. Amen? Right? Amen? And as Isaiah prophesied, behold, I do a new thing. Don't you see it? Can't you see what God is doing? I don't know about you, but I want to see what God's doing. I want to see what God's doing in my family, in my neighborhood, in our city, in our day, in our age, our generation. I want to see what God is doing, and I want to run hard after what He's doing, what He's saying. Come on, what He's doing, and I I really believe that today. You know, before we leave, I want to challenge you and ask you, do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your life? Is your vision, is it just go till tomorrow? Is it just go to maybe next week or You know that you're going to break that resolution you just made. And is that as far as your vision goes? But you need to see what God sees. See that God called you before the foundation of the world to be born again and walk with Him in relationship and see that He wants you to be baptized and filled with the Spirit and to be a witness in the earth. That's a vision God has for you. That's what He sees. He sees His child, amen? He sees His creation. And I don't know about you, but you need to see what God sees today. If you don't know the Lord, amen, in a personal way. your Lord and Savior and say, Lord, I want, amen, your salvation. I believe that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and died on the cross for my sin and my disobedience. Lord, because you saw something that I didn't see, you saw love, you saw grace. Lord, when I wasn't looking for you, you came looking for me and I receive your forgiveness today. I receive your blood to wash and cleanse me of my sin and I want to be your child today in Jesus name. Can we pray? Lord, we just thank you for this first Sunday of 2020. Amen. And Lord, we just know that, amen, some exciting things are on the horizon, Lord. I don't know it all. I don't see it all, but Lord, you do. And we just want to agree and say, God, whatever you want us to do as a church, whatever you want, wherever you want us to go, we're going to do that. We're going to do what you want us to do. We're not going to get stuck in the, the, the average and the normal and just, amen, coming to church and just being a nominal Christian and just kind of going through the motions, Lord, we're going to thrive in your season. You're going to thrive in what you want, in your mission. We're going to thrive and grow in wherever we're at in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just pray, Lord, you continue to open up to our eyes and our hearts, Lord, our city, our community, our area, our county, Lord, the needs that are here. Lord, we just pray that as we go out, as we step out in faith, Lord, you're going to meet every need in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and give God a cheer today?